0: this morning. Um, It is in the New Testament. In the church Bibles, it's on page 1212, or rather 1213. 1212 is the closest you can get to it. There's no number at the top of 1213 because it's the beginning of the book of James. I'm going to read it through several times because it's only two verses. And then Phil's going to minister to us. So here's James writing and he's saying every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Just once more. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Father, we we just ask that you speak through Phil, using him uh, to our uh, benefit. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Phil. I don't need
1: my phone, no, my phone is a bane of me.: It's great to see you. My name's Phil, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I wonder, what is your view of God? What is your view of God? Maybe you think about Christmas. I wonder, what Christmas character would you kind of think of when you think of God? Maybe some of you think of this character. A bit like the Grinch there, to spoil your fun. Maybe you think of him like this character, a bit of a Scrooge, a hard taskmaster. Or maybe you think of Santa Claus. You go to him for good gifts and ignore him the rest of the year. Or maybe you think of this character, that angry person at Christmas. Don't deny it. You, know, at least you, know, you all know at least one angry person at Christmas. Maybe you're just fearful that at some point he's just going to lash out and ruin everything. How do you view God? You see, how we view God is incredibly important, isn't it? Because it shapes the way we live our lives. In fact, often if we are thinking, oh, I'm not sure how I view God, well, actually, if we look at our lives, often our lives will demonstrate our view of God. If we think he's like Scrooge, then we'll live this joyless struggle, trying to work harder, desperately trying to get his approval. If we think of him like uh, Santa, we'll only go to him for things we need and we'll ignore him the rest of the time. If we think of him like the Grinch, we'll avoid him, thinking he's just going to spoil our fun. Or if we think of him as this angry person, then we'll just avoid him altogether, worried and fearful that he might lash out at any time and cause chaos in our lives. How does your life reflect your view of God's? Here we are at Christmas time, and Christmas is a time when we're here to celebrate the goodness of God. And yet so often I think something of all these other views can kind of ruin our joy. So we're just starting this Christmas series called "The Greatest Giver." And, the, and throughout this series, the aim, the prayer is that we'll see we'll get a right view of God that will help us enjoy him, not just at Christmas, but throughout the year. Because it's so easy, I think, if we're honest with ourselves, to let our experience of life shape our view of God in all kinds of ways. Maybe we're battling with sin and and we just think, well, why doesn't God take it away? If God was powerful, then he'd just take it away. Why is he tempting me? In fact, the issue that James is dealing with, one of them in this book is this false view. A few verses earlier, he has to tell them that actually, God uh, is not tempted by evil. We can't blame God when we're tempted. But maybe that's a view that we form as we face temptation. Or maybe when we face trials, we go, why did God make this happen? Or maybe when we face uncertainty, we just go, well, where is God anyway? You see, it's so easy to let our life experience shape our view of God. We kind of start to make God uh, the God of our imaginations, of our experience, rather than the God of the Bible. You see, here's the thing. If we don't believe that God is completely good, then we'll start to go elsewhere. That is kind of the root of all sin, isn't it? If we don't believe that God is completely good, then we'll look for goodness elsewhere. Or James wants us to have a very different view of God from those others. And this is why we're looking at this passage as we start our Christmas series. James gives us a correct thinking on what God is like. He wants us to give us truth that will shape the way we live our lives about who God is and what he's like. James knows how easily we're enticed into believing that God is not good. And so what James wants us to do is rather than letting our experience of life shape our view of God, he wants a view of God to shape our experience of life. And so he shows us two things in this passage. And the first is this. God is the giver of all good. God is the giver of all good. Just have a look at verse 17 again. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from where? It's from God's. He describes him here as the father of the heavenly lights. He's talking about kind of the sun, the moon, the stars, the things that literally light up the world. And who made them? God. He's the father of those things. He created those things. He created everything. All good and perfect things are from a good and perfect creator. And we need to hear this because I think when we think of God's goodness, we sometimes only limit that to kind of, you know, the miracles or the answer to specific prayers or kind of the nice things we saw on a Sunday. But here it's very clear, isn't it? All goods and perfect gifts. Where do they come from? God's. All good. Not just some of the good we see around us, but everything good comes from God's. All of it. And all of it is to show us what he is like. Good stuff shows us a good God. Perfect gifts show us a perfect God. Here is a picture of my dear old dad. Now many people say, I look like him, I'll let you decide that. But no one I don't think would disagree that I carry many of his mannerisms. Apparently we have the same threatening pose when we walk up to people. I don't know. I also have many of his character traits. Now, we say it's laid back. My mum says it's lazy. I am just like my dad. And that should make sense, shouldn't it? I am his child. I carry some of his DNA. And his fatherhood has shaped the way I am. It's shaped who I am today. For the good and the bad, I'm sure. But the point is this. If you want to, as you get to know me, you will see something of my dad's. You'll get to know something about my dad. Something about him will be displayed in the way I act. And that is true for all of us to some extent. Whether whether I'm like him or whether I'm completely the opposite, it might teach you something about what my dad is like. Well, as we look around the world, what we're told here is all good is from God. And so everything we see around us that is good tells us something about the character of God. Why? Because he made it. He is the father. He is a a father of all good things. The father of the heavenly lights. Everything good around us testifies to his character. Now it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? Because there's so much bad stuff as well. There's so much brokenness in the world as a result of sin. And so it stops us appreciating this, which is why I just wanted to take the time that to, just to think about this, everything good comes from God. Everything, from, from the beautiful sunrise and sunsets to the tiniest uh, molecule, everything good is from him and shows something of his goodness, his immense character, his generosity. I wonder, do you ever take the time to look around? And look for the goods and just let it speak to you of something of the character of God. This Christmas, maybe as you receive a Christmas present and go, wow, this is great. Well, you go, actually, that's not just a present from my parent or whoever. That is a gift from God. Do we ever take the time to do that? Because every good and perfect thing, every good and perfect gift is from God. And I think the problem is what happens is we so easily take this for granted because we see all the darkness and the shadows in our lives and they kind of cloud us and they kind of fool us into believing that somewhere actually God is not good. And all this stuff we have, or well, it's just coincidence. Or that we earned it. Every good and perfect gift is from God, we're told here. I think it's a bit like waking up on a winter's morning. I don't know if you experience this, but I I suffer from what's called seasonal affective disorder, SADS. As the winter comes in, it gets harder and harder to get out of bed in the morning. I just feel rotten in the mornings. Now, I know for teenagers that's all year round, but for me it's usually just the winter. And the thing is, when you wake up on those mornings, it just feels like nothing good will ever happen again. And so I'm better just to close my eyes and go back to sleep. But the alarm and the responsibilities that are waiting for me drag me out of bed. And one of those responsibilities, well now it's a daughter, but before was just walking the dog. Because if the dog doesn't get a walk, the day is a disaster. But this is what happens when I walk the dog. I get out onto the Waisley Hills on a beautiful, frosty morning and I see this. Beautiful surroundings. I'm dragged out of the darkness, dragged out of the thinking that everything is bad to seeing this and going, actually, what a wonderful world. And I sometimes think what happens is that we get so wrapped up in the darkness and the shadows and the circumstances and the sin and the struggles of our lives that we just don't give the time to step outside to see the goodness of God that's waiting for us everywhere. Here we are, living, breathing, uh, talking, loving, smiling, laughing, crying. We have hobbies, uh, sports, all kinds of things, don't we? We're relational, we're uh, we're creative, we have so much that is good. And it's all from God. The Father of the heavenly lights, the creator of everything. He is so generous to us, isn't he? The Garden of Eden, what does God do? He makes this perfect world from scratch by his voice. And he makes mankind and he puts them in the middle of it and says, look, it's yours, enjoy. In the context of a loving relationship with him, there is so much goodness. As we experience that relationship, and the good stuff he gives us as our maker. And where does it go wrong? When we forget that it's from him. And we turn away and start looking for goodness elsewhere, and we push him out of the picture, and at best, treat him like some kind of Santa in the sky, and go to him when we want stuff. It's easy to forget, isn't it? But James said, All goodness comes from God. That is what he is like. He is a good, good father. So how then can we hold on to his generosity? How can we uh, stop taking him for granted? Where do we see his goodness in a way that's undeniable so that we don't keep ending up going back into the fog and taking him for granted? Well, the second thing I want us to see is this. God is the giver of all good who gives us The life we really need. Verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Where do we see his generosity? Undeniably. Where do we see the height of it? In the word of truth. That is the good news of Jesus. Where do we see this undeniable reality that God is good, that he is generous? As God, in his generosity, sends his only son into a broken world to broken people to offer life out of death. He gives us the very thing we need the most, new life, a fresh start, a restored relationship With our good, good Father who made us. And so Jesus empties himself of all his glory to endure poverty and brokenness and to face the darkness as he experiences the shadow of the cross. And as he rises again, what does he do? He gives us a thing that no one else could give us life. Life forever as he brings God's generosity to us. Now we need to get this, don't we? Because God is not like Santa. He does not give good presents to good children once a year. He's not like Scrooge giving minimum wage to those who work the hardest. He's not like the Grinch who just wants to spoil our fun. No, God gives life. And He pours it out to broken sinners. He pours it out on those who were His enemies. Just think about that for a second. Now, I don't know. Anyone know who this is? Bill Gates. This guy uh, is the founder of Microsoft. Uh, And Bill Gates is still one of the richest men in the world. But also, Bill Gates is known as one of the most generous men in the world. He's given between 26 and 28 billion of his income to charity. That's amazing, isn't it? But let me ask you this now how much of his wealth do you think Bill Gates has given to his rival, Apple? None. That wouldn't make him a great businessman, would it? He's incredibly generous to charity, but to his rivals, well, actually, he's known to be quite ruthless in business. In fact, he's crushed some of his rivals. Uh, kind of companies that we won't even have heard of anymore, because they no longer exist. Bill Gates is quite generous. But here's the thing about God. God is God's generosity is not like Bill Gates' generosity. He doesn't just kind of give some of his vast wealth to charities. God's not like Santa. He's not like Bill Gates. Where does God's generosity go? Where is it directed? At those who were his enemies, his rivals, those who competed for the throne, those who said, actually, no, thanks God, I want to be in charge. Where does God direct his uh, boundless generosity? To a human race that had rebelled. While we were still sinners, that is the gospel, isn't it? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it as we deserve, but to save the world through him. How do we know God is good? Well, because out of his immense goodness... He gives those who are his enemies everything as he sends his son. He didn't just give a little bit, he gives his son to come and die for us. As Jesus is there nailed to the cross, it costs him everything so that he can show his generosity to us, his goodness to us, to give us the life that we need. How easily we take that for granted. See, God has generously given life. He's dealt with life's greatest problems. Sin, dealt with. Death, dealt with. Judgment, dealt with. Our enmity with God, dealt with. As he pours out his goodness on us to give us eternal life. That is what verse 18 says, isn't it? He chose to give us birth new life through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he he created. Through his generosity, we become a first fruits. We're like a, a taster of heaven. As we enjoy the blessings of spiritual life and a fresh start, and as God begins this process of making everything new, restoring the good, So that one day there will be nothing but goodness. As we enjoy a perfect new world in a perfect relationship with him. You see, why should we celebrate God this Christmas? Because he is the most generous, good father. Who gives us what we need. He's the giver of all good things. Who has given us life eternal and freed us from sin. So how do we respond to that? Well, here's just two suggestions. And the first is gratitude. Gratitude. Now, sometimes I think of gratitude as just saying, you know, quick thanks, see you later. But do we take time just to appreciate the generosity of God? See, I think there is this great danger that we Basically live our lives treating him like a Santa in the sky. We go to him, or maybe a vending machine, we go to him when we need something, when we want something, when we're in trouble, but the rest of the time we just kind of leave him out there somewhere. But if this God is this Father who gives us all good things, then surely our lives need to be lives of gratitude, don't they? Do we give time in our week just to stop and say, God, thank you? Thank you for this day. Thank you for this world. Thank you for your son and the life you have given me. With all other agendas set aside, do we just spend time just to say thank you, God, for who you are? Gratitudes. And the second is worship. Will we let this view of God shape the way we live? Will we stop letting our experience of life shape our view of God and instead let this view of God shape our life? How else do we respond to this God who is a good and perfect giver of all good gifts, not withholding his own son from us? Surely the only response is daily repentance and faith. By letting his goodness flow into our lives, lives of worship, to him, lives of dependence on him, lives where we say he is all that we need and gives us everything we need. If this is where all good is to be found, then why would I go looking elsewhere? But instead, let's start each day, come into the one who gives all good things, saying he is what we need this day and trusting him to provide every good gift for us that we might be a foretaste of heaven. Let's pray together. Father God, you are so good. You are a good, good Father. And we just want to recognize this morning that all good things come from you. All good things come from you. And we're sorry that we so easily uh, believe the lies We let our experiences in the brokenness and our own sinfulness tell us that you are not good. But this morning, we just want to correct our own view and say, look, you are good. All good things come from you because you are a good, good and generous Father. And so we thank you. And we thank you that you showed us your generosity and your goodness ultimately by sending your Son who died for us, why we were still sinners, why we were your enemies. And we thank you that as we put our trust in him, you give us the thing that we need, life eternal. Help us this Christmas and uh, continually and increasingly to show gratitude. Help us to take time To to remember your goodness. And Lord, as we see that all good things come from you, help us to live our lives with you as our God and no other. In devotion to you. In Jesus' name, amen.